Bedore Live. Welcome to the Always Learning Podcast. My name's Aaron Bedore. We have a very special guest today, Andy Norton. Of the 35 years in the real estate industry, he's here to impart his wisdom uh, to us. And um, I can't wait to talk. Andy, you and I actually met um, through social media, which is really cool. And uh, you blew my mind at a couple of things. So we're going to get into it. So thank you so much for joining. I really appreciate it, man. Um, it's my pleasure. So uh, fire away. I love it. So here's what I wanted to do is um, I actually found the original post that uh, that you wrote and um, that prompted me to reach out to you. I thought it'd be fun to read it. Okay. So my question that I posed in one of the Facebook groups was, hey, here, what does it take to have longevity in this business? And we kicked off some pretty cool conversations. It was a lot of fun. But you wrote this. I was talking to a rep from a coaching company at an event. Part of his pitch appealing to my desire to make money using their system, all the fizzbos and expireds that I could sell. He nearly fell over when I said, I'd rather retire, <laughs> which is great. Uh, there are parts of this business that people do because they don't know what else to do. And the brokers who recruit these agents tell them to do these unpleasant parts of real estate because figuratively speaking, someone has to clean the bathrooms. Uh, to have fun each day, you have to get in touch with yourself, learn the people that you like and the situation these people find themselves in and you're solving their problems so they're happier people. I know an agent who had a family member that became a paraplegic, and she learned to find homes for people with those same challenges. It's a big world. Everyone wants a home, and I think it's getting beyond leads for the sake of leads and getting the people that the agent relates to and gets meaning in life from helping those people lead better lives. Um, first of all, wow. Uh, that, that was incredibly well said. Um, and what you said just right before we started was you were like, you're in this 35 years and you're still having a great time. So after I read that back to you, I just wanted to, you to dive into a little bit, like, you know, when, what was your conversation with that rep from the coaching company? And like, just tell me that story. I want to hear it. Okay. So with all due respect to, uh, to reps from coaching companies, of course, it's their, it's their job to sign us up in much the same way that it's our job as agents, I'm going to put our job in quotes because obviously <laughs> sure. I don't like doing this stuff, um, to go after a FISBO or an expired. So mm -hmm. if I go to a coaching event, they're trying to sign me up and they don't know anything about me, but they know what it is they're trying to pitch. And, um, and regardless of the coaching vendor, a lot of this stuff is is scripts and and I've taken I took a course just last year in in, in scripts and and, mm -hmm. and I needed it and it was good but but their chances of signing me up as a stranger if I don't know them like them or trust them are mm -hmm. pretty much the same as our signing up a FISBO and expired that doesn't yes. know us like us or trust us there's no familiarity there and without the familiarity there's no bond and yeah. so um, but I do really need to go back to this whole thing about knowing who you are and getting in touch with people and wanting to serve people who have a need. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so, and so much of what agents, especially new agents are directed to do by managers who don't know any better, no disrespect to managers. Uh, Not at all. <laughs> yeah. Are, are these basic kind of things where they interpret somebody who's had a negative real estate experience uh, as a lead. And yes. I, and I don't consider, I don't consider that a, 
a lead. I mean, there are people who enjoy that challenge and God bless them. And yep. there are there are people who develop the dialogues and scripts to serve those people and, and God bless them and their techniques. OK, and I'm, I'm <laughs> sure. not trying to knock that. But for the industry as a whole, it's not a formula for happiness and longevity in the industry. Okay. Yeah. How's that? Yeah. Yeah. I know. I completely agree. I think what's, what's really interesting is we're with, with real estate in, in general, I think is we're taught in a lot of ways, like you have to go generate business and the value of real estate is that it's technically uncapped income. Right. But you don't start off with anything. And and so it draws a lot of people, but unfortunately, um, you know, getting your real estate, real estate license, like it's not a four year degree, you know, and, and there are great programs to get you through the test and stuff like that. But um, a lot of experience that I've had in talking with, you know, even newer agents and stuff like that is, um, is I don't know how to start. I don't know what to do. And um and what, what happens is kind of like multi-level marketing stuff. Like they just start hitting up their family and friends and get annoying. And then they fall to <laughs> yes. the, right. And then they right. fall to uh, old methods. Like you just articulated it was uh Fizbo expired and um, rocking scripts. And like you said, it leads to not a whole heck of a lot of relationship building. Um, and you said a couple of things that is really big in, in my business in particular is um, the no like, and trust. And I think that, um, the real estate agents that have it right, that really do really good re- referral business and stuff like that, is they take care of their people because they care about the person at the end of the transaction, not just the transaction. Um, and I, I think that that's probably something that's a little underserved in the industry, just a little bit. Um, but at the end of the day, I think that with the rise of things like social media, and um, the visibility that you can get out there with that in, in both good ways and bad. Um, I think that the, the best ones are going to come to the forefront because the ones that are creating good relationships th- that allows their clients to become more vocal about that. It allows them to create an offline, a little bit relationship with them, even though they haven't actually met a person. Let's say the no like and trust factor starts on you know, um, Hey, I put out a video and I, or I've met this person. I like the vibe and you get past that 10%, you know, apprehension of, of potentially meeting a person. So th- those are just kind of some of my thoughts. And I, I gotta be honest, man, like 0% don't smoke up your rear end. I, I got a little, some chills, uh, reading it because I was like, dang, like Andy gets it. He know he knows, he knows what it takes to, to have longevity. Cause like you were saying too, is, um, is, a lot of the, the physical expires and, and it leads to and just a script calling and stuff like that. It leads to a lack of fulfillment and then burnout and then people wash out. And that's why our industry, you know, the, what, well, I forget how long the average is, but it's like, what, three years, maybe a little less. I, I'm trying to remember what the exact number is last time it came out. But. Um, and I think it's pretty close to that. Now, let me say this. The entire 35 years has not been what I will call uh, occupational bliss. Uh, and that in the last five years it's actually been a whole lot better for a couple of different reasons and and some of them are not really the kind of reasons that most people would expect and so bear with me in this one of them is is that dreaded z word zillow (laughs) and so 
um, a number, I guess, five years ago, something like that, mm -hmm. I got my free Zillow profile and I was very reluctant to ask for reviews because, I mean, I, I thought my clients liked the job that I was doing and I made friendships with them and got referrals, but I approached it with tremendous fear. I didn't know what in the world they were going to say. Yeah. And I thought, oh my God, if somebody writes something bad, then what? Right. And, but what I, what I started to get review after review, and I've just got my 55th, is nice. that, that the people were writing narratives about me and the impact that my real estate service had on their lives that was so deep and so profound that I almost didn't recognize the person that they were writing about. And so, uh, and really after 55 reviews, I've got one bad one and that was the ex of somebody who wrote a good one. It was a contentious divorce. And, and, and when, when one spouse wrote a great one, the other one felt compelled to write a bad one. But, uh, and you can't win them all. Other, like it's... <laughs> that's, that's right. But it's been, in a way, a rebirth. It's been a rebirth for me because review after review, when these people write these things, I realize that the work had even a greater impact on their lives than I ever thought. And that goes so far beyond the money. Mm -hmm. It really, it's the professional satisfaction that keeps you going. Yeah. And so that has just been a tremendous help for me. And I'm not going to say that, you know, that the Z word is, you know, is something that was handed down from heaven by the Lord. Okay. Uh, and, and no one and nothing is perfect, but this particular aspect had a very positive impact on me. And, and I would encourage other agents to explore that because I think what agents will find is that the people that they're helping it goes far beyond finding a home. It's, it's getting people in touch with what I'll call a relationship with space, a spatial relationship, mm -hmm. and improving where they are at that moment and getting them to a new space that better fits where they are in life. And um, in the last few years, gosh, there was one in particular, there was a couple living in a small townhouse with two teenage boys and a couple of dogs, and they were just squished in there and mm -hmm. there was no way they could be happy. And the house that I found for them has room for everyone and, yep. and the dogs to run and the pictures that they post on Facebook with the smiles and how the family has grown and the happiness that that family has had with the extra space is, is marvelous. It almost brings a tear to my eye. And sure. so in terms of happiness, I think that agents should get in touch with themselves. It may take, you know, going for a long walk or whatever, uh, but figure out who they are and the kind of people that they like and who like them and set about to serve those people yeah. and that the money will come and the money will come faster and in, in greater amounts than they ever would have hoped for. Yeah. I, I honestly could not, could not agree more on that. And with our industry, what's interesting is to your point with this is it's not only the people and it's the result you give them. It's like the, the, the housing market in particular, and there's other things like this, but it is one of the unique professions where 
it's not about the four walls and the materials that put them together. There's a big difference between a house and a home, right? And totally for totally. us, yeah. So for us, we are literally a a person that can help them find their dream home, the place that they lay their head down at night, raise their kids in, um, you know, bed the dogs down, you know, like all the, you know, like just, you know, hang out with, with cousins and, and have Thanksgivings. And, and that's so much more impactful than, oh, we, these are this is two by fours and, and T9 and everything else. Right. And um, exactly. Yeah. And so I just, I love that. So let me ask you this. So you've been, you've been doing this a long time. What is your secret for the optimal client satisfaction? So if people are writing those amazing reviews about you. How are you, how are you making sure that, that not, not only are they doing that, but how are you creating that, that client experience for them? So some of it, I have this phrase called aggressive listening. And I like uh, this. I'm writing that down. (laughs) So I think that many agents and especially newer agents, in part because of the training that agents go through, is that agents are taught in quotes because I take issue with that. But people are told what to say in certain circumstances. Mm. And I think that the information that you get to really meet somebody's need is not so much talking, but asking mm-hmm. and, and then really listening and going deep with the answers because the answers to the questions about why they're moving and when they need to get there and, and what do they hate about where they are. And, oh, and one expression I sometimes use is if the hand of God touched your next home, what would that look like? That's a good one. I and, like that. <laughs> and and that you really want to try as best as one can to to meet that, to meet that, and to go above and beyond on every single aspect of the transaction, whether you're on the listing side or the sales side. And I think that people people know, regardless of whether you're a buyer rep or a listing agent, people know that it's it's not a perfect world and it's not made of perfect people and that there are going to be bumps in the road. Mm-hmm. But, but that number one, if you care, they can tell. Yeah. And also if you don't, they mm-hmm. can tell. And, and caring goes not just a long way. Caring goes the distance in terms of having your client be at one with you or being at odds with you. And if they're at one with you, then you not only have a client for life, you got a friend, you have a referral source. Yes. And if they're at odds with you, then, then something's really wrong. Yeah. And just from a, taking a step back from just the relationship side, because everything you're saying, I agree with you, but like, let's, let's be practical about it. If, is if you want to have a business for a career, not just like a side job or a weekend thing, um, Right, taking care of those people and having that great experience is literally how you are going to stay in business. And I, and I feel like sometimes that can be forgotten. Um, so my my question with you is, like you said, you you created friends and referrals and stuff like that. How are you keeping in touch with all of your past clients? How are you maintaining those relationships? Because the buying cycle is really long, and that's important to make sure you're staying up with people. Right, I would, you know, just on from your end, I'm sure. Okay, so first let me say that. There is a difference between having a CRM program and 
using a CRM program. <laughs> Andy, if you were here, I'd high five you right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And so I'm not going to pretend for one second that I have kept in touch with all of these people as well as I should have. Sure. And, and, I've, and I've lost some with the passage of the years. Okay. Um, but there are some where I actually lost touch and they came back to me anyway, because the fundamental relationship was there. That's great. Um, so uh, there was one just um, two weeks ago where I had a closing and uh, and the buyer, uh, English is not their, their first language. Mm. And, and frankly, they have their challenges with English. And they were moving into a high rise community with a zillion rules and regulations and just didn't understand what was going to be expected of them in the move-in process and got off on totally the wrong foot, yeah. not out of malice, just because of, you know, of the language barrier. Yeah. And so it was closed and I got my money and there were a lot of agents who just would have gone on to the next deal. Mm -hmm. But I went back and I spoke to the building manager and I said, explained what was going on with this buyer. And I said, let's press the reset button and let me get involved here and work in the translation and get everything smoothed out. And the, the buyer is ecstatic. The management company is ecstatic and they'll be referring business to me. Yeah. And, but that's, but that's not something that you do for a buck. It's something that you do because you care. Yeah. And, and there are, there's a certain amount of cynicism in the industry towards sure. that. And I would encourage people listening to this to go beyond any sort of a negative voice that may be in their head or on their shoulder and to really, gosh, this sounds corny, to nah. go, back to the golden, go back to the golden rule and treat people how you would want to be treated if you were the client, if you were the client. Mm -hmm. um, and so, so there's that, but certainly over the course of years, go into decades, you lose touch with people mm -hmm. and, um, the, it is gratifying. It is really gratifying when there's somebody you haven't heard from in 10 or 15 years and suddenly they call you and on the one hand, you're kind of ashamed. Hey, Andy, are you still in the business? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Of course I am. Right. Come on. <laughs> because, but because, if, hey, if I were doing my job and sending them postcards and recipe cards and calendars and, and you know, and once a year pot pies, you know, and that kind of thing, they'd know. Yeah. So, but on the other hand, if they say, hey, are you in the business? Can you help me? You know, that's, that's rewarding. Yeah. That's rewarding on a personal level. Yeah, uh, but I'll tell you, I need to do better with the CRM, as I think a lot of us do. Yeah, and I think that's that's an everyone thing. That is it's a very difficult <laughs> thing to do because, I yes. mean, it, you can't you can't fake, you know, that that personal one on one touch. I mean, you can you can emulate it. And that's some of the stuff that we talk about, like you said, sending postcards when you're when you're supposed to. And, and honestly, what were some of the things that we teach um, now is we we have the ability now with social media, Facebook in particular, to let people into our world. There's not that stigma now where there's work and then play over here. Like everything can be a little bit mismatched now and everyone's more comfortable with that where, you know, just letting people into your world become 
for a simple instance, like Facebook friends with them, and then they get to see, see some of the things you're doing and you can kind of keep up with them. That way the question isn't always in the, is, is he in the business anymore? Cause we haven't heard or seen him. Um, it's just a really cool, unique opportunity because we didn't have that 10 years ago or even, you know, 15 years ago when Facebook started to become, you know, the powerhouse that it is today. Um, it's just, it's very, very interesting. But even that to your, to your point is I don't want to, I don't want to pretend like that is a replacement for some sort of handwritten note or face-to-face thing, but it's allowing us to get a lot closer. So I think that part is a positive in the industry um, because it, the no, of the no like and trust factor at the very beginning of all this whole conversation. Okay. So I was actually having a discussion on this last point with a lady who does social media outreach for a local title company. And I was feeling intuitively what she just said, like flat out in your face. And that is (laughs) that that social media is great in allowing us to stay connected to our people in a personal way. And Mm -hmm. and I'll and, and that's certainly true. But the people that we are serving are looking on us as professionals. Mm-hmm. And even though on our personal Facebook page, in theory, and a lot of agents do this, are really out there doing things which are, let's say, not consistent with a pers- with a professional image. <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, that's <laughs> okay. fair. That's fair. <laughs> okay. Um, and in fact, um, you know, bordering, I mean, they just shouldn't be doing it. Yes. That Now, some of this also will depend on the city that you live in. Okay, and um, and certainly D.C. tends to be a bit more of a a bit more formal. And -hmm. I think a lot of your big city markets are like that. But I think agents on their social pages should be paying attention to how it is that their clients or the people that they want to become clients will perceive them when they see some of the more outrageous photos that the agents are posting. Yes. Yeah, agents can do it. And yes, it may be their personality. Um, but in terms of business, not every picture that an outrageous agent posts is going to win them the competition, yes. I don't think. Yeah, I, I, it's interesting because we, so we coach on a lot of that as well on how to do that. And I think the first thing is an understanding of, yeah, of you want to control the narrative no on any social media that you have. That means we coach on saying, hey, you should restrict your profile to all, you have to approve any post that goes on it so your friend or whomever can't post what you're saying. The um, the conduct unbe- unbecoming, we'll say, <laughs> you know, or something along those lines. Um, and then the the other aspect is you want to you want to humanize yourself and put yourself out there in in a human good relationship way, d- displaying some sort of um. When I say humanizing, I, what I'm trying to get at is more like you know, a little bit of vulnerability at at times, you know, and that's okay to have, but also tying in your professionalism every step of the way, because what's important in today's day and age, and from what we are seeing is, uh, particularly in certain age brackets, the, the ones that are a little too buttoned up and too, like, like, too, too, not too sharp, that's not the right word, but like, almost off-putting with how 
suit and tie some of this is. Now, when I say age brackets and, and price points and things like that, I'm conceding that, yeah, obviously a luxury listing or things like that, you have to be a whole different animal, right? But to, there's so much business out there where at the end of the day, a lot of us have the same value propositions in this game. So it comes down to the no like, and trust factor. And what better way to do the no like, and trust factor than to allow people into your world and start to see it. That's kind of some of the things that we're seeing. If, if that makes sense. I'm curious your thoughts on that. So it makes perfect sense. I think depending on your market geographically, number one, yep. and within your market, the people that you're trying to appeal to number two, Mm-hmm. And and an interesting balancing act, uh, like I'm in my 60s and I take tremendous pride when I when I work a deal with a millennial, mm-hmm. because I know that there are lots of people in their age group that they could choose, sure. but they chose me, but they chose me. And, um, and and I think similarly, if if an agent is a millennial and they do a deal with a senior Mm-hmm. then they can take tremendous pride in that. Uh, but the, so you mentioned vulnerability and uh, do you know the name Brene Brown by chance? I can't say that I do, no. Okay, so Brene Brown uh, is a professor at University of Houston. She's an ordained Episcopalian minister and she's written extensively on the subject of vulnerability. And in fact, if you go on to TED Talks, evidently she has the number five most watched TED Talk of all time. Yeah, I'm looking it up right now. (laughs) Okay, on the subject of vulnerability. Mm -hmm. And and I'm a big believer that part of what a realtor or any professional can do in order to bond with a client is to show vulnerability Mm to to a point, to a point. Right. And 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 this goes back to the whole situation of. Um, of your market. And I'll give you, let's, I'm in neither Boston nor LA uh, or Miami. Uh, but let's say you're comparing Boston and Miami. It's going to be two completely different mindsets. Yep. Okay. And that what people will show on Miami is going to be very different than what they show in being town. And yeah. So agents, I think, really need to give thought to that. Um, both geographically and also, gosh, there was a coach a few years ago, I think he's now retired, he had used the term psychographically, mm-hmm. that, that what you really want to do as a marketer is to get inside the mind of the person that you're trying to appeal to and make sure that the social media messages that you're putting out there are consistent to the broader market. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah, no, I, I like the psychographic aspect of things just because that speaks to um, that speaks a little bit more to behavior and preference because the the old yes. school style of marketing was demographics because that's literally all we had to go on. And demographics, I have actually used this example a lot. Is um, so my best friend um, is is um, is someone that is very similar in terms of. Um, you know, like we have some of the same interests. I mean, you, you and I love hockey and I, you know, my buddy does as well. Um, and we have a lot of things that definitely overlap, right. But how we behave on certain things is very, very different. 
And if anyone that's taken like a disc test or things like that, we are very different in those ways. So let's say um, I'm looking for a service professional like a realtor. I'm going to look for much different things than my friend Eric is going to um, because of the simple fact that I'm a completely different human than he is, even though we fall into the same age bracket, uh, same same race, same geographic area, same everything, right? So all intents and purposes, demographically, we are right there about the same. But, um, but we deviate in the psychographic areas. And I think that's really fascinating because that we actually have the ability to do a lot of that now um, in, in the marketing world today. I just say it's very fascinating. The world's, getting, the world's changing, that's for sure. <laughs> so last week was the NAR Mid-Year Convention in D.C., and one of the last um, meetings that was held at NAR had to do with uh, the subject of uh, artificial intelligence and also disruptors in our industry. Sure. And to a certain degree, artificial intelligence is a disruptive force. Yeah. And, and there were representatives of companies that had taken artificial intelligence, AI, to a level that most agents I mean, it certainly blew me away. And they were... Basically, there was uh, there were bots or basically fake humans, just mm-hmm. fake voices. Okay, and they were using a conversational tone with with buyers mm-hmm. to get information about what kind of home they might be looking for. Sure. And matching that up instantaneously, because after all, it is a computer. Yeah. With where they're where they're calling from, what people in a certain age group are looking for, and using the the <laughs> instant feedback that would be in the data bank to feed to the consumer certain questions that would elicit certain responses to turn a cold lead into a warm lead. <laughs> and um, so, and there were a lot of different issues raised by this. For I mean, for example, as practitioners, you and mm-hmm. I have to be licensed. Yeah. licensed in the states, states that we're in. If a robot is practicing real estate, right. does, a, does a robot need to be licensed? I mean, <laughs> but, but in terms of the psychographic and getting into the mind of the consumer, yes, you and I not only can do it and we need to do it, but we need to learn how to do it with a skill and really speed in terms of bringing ourselves up to speed because the machines that are coming down the pike that these different mm-hmm. companies have uh, are scary, yeah. are, are, are scary. And when you, when you or I say, Siri, what about this? And Alexa, what about that? Those are all going into databases that, at, that really right now in the demo phase are being used by companies to, uh, to imitate real estate agents and yep. get inside consumers brains. So basically, you know, without going, you know, overkill on, on this, Aaron, mm-hmm. I think that we, that we really need to be very sensitive to what's going on inside the brain of our consumer and to try to tailor our messages in social media to that rather than, you know, what may be fun for us on a Saturday afternoon. Yes, I that that's very well put. And actually, I'm very jealous of your ability to kind of talk through a whole point and bring it home so nicely. That was that was very well put, because I think I think especially in the AI conversation, 
um, that is something that we as realtors are going to have to contend with. We're have to we're going to have to figure out where where that fits and makes sense in the industry. And I think there will ultimately be a place for it. Um, it's not going to replace the human element up until a certain point. It just can't. It's it's impossible. But up until that. Um, th- there might be spots that it gets used, but it's not going to ever replace the the no like and trust factor of a real actual person. And, and at, as you said, it's that's where it's so important that you be cognizant of what you're putting out on on social media and how you're putting yourself out there. I think very very well put, very fascinating. Yeah, and I think all of us listening to this. Lord knows, Aaron, I'm not going to name any names. I'll get in trouble really quick. But you could, you could, you could name names too. All of the realtors who listen to this know people on social media who are putting things out there that will not do themselves any favors in their next listing presentation. Yep, yep. And and to okay. further that even more is um, particularly the ones that uh, if you're listening to this and you are considering getting your license or you're, or you're doing all that. It's just like you're, you know, possibly applying for any other job is you have to be cognizant of what's out there and be very careful about what you do. So clean that up and make sure you're putting yourself in the, in the professional light, but also with a, with a sense of vulnerability as well. But absolutely. with a sense of vulnerability as well. You got yep, it. Exactly. It. Well said. Um, well said. Yeah, absolutely. Andy, this was, this was awesome. Would you be open to coming on again sometime? Be happy to, uh, with it. only one condition. Well, <laughs> this for this one, you you didn't give me any warning about what the topic would be. Next time, you've <laughs> got to tell me what it's about. <laughs> well, hey, you know what? Fair I I didn't have I didn't have too much of a topic of mind outside of unpacking a little bit of what you said. I we took it a lot of different directions today, so it was awesome. But yeah, I promise I'll give you a little more lead on uh, on I'm going to pull a quote on you. So <laughs> okay, yeah. outstanding. Thanks I very much. It. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, great. Andy, thank you so much. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, bye.